Welcome to our podcast, Are You There Universe, hosted by me, Jamie Wu, and Sunny Yu, two high-achieving Asian-American women recovering from burnout. Join us as we embark on a journey to reclaim ourselves and inner power, unpack and explore the transformative nature of social change and justice at the level of the spirit, and heal our past traumas by exploring our present. Because when you heal yourself, you heal the world. When you evolve, the world evolves with you. A quick disclaimer on our first episode. We recorded this episode prior to the violent murder of George Floyd by police officers and the surge of global protests that followed. While it is not discussed in this episode, we dive into topics related to systems of power, institutional oppression, and the ongoing civil rights movement in our second episode, especially as these topics relate to the radical form of transformative healing and compassion that mindfulness and meditation offers. We strongly support the Black Lives Matter movement and believe it is our responsibility as lifelong advocates for social change to actively participate in dismantling oppressive and systemic racist institutions, promote anti-racist concepts and solutions, and reimagine a world and build towards a future that empowers all to live their most joyful lives. Oh my God. I'm so excited. Can't believe we're doing this. I know. Oh my goodness. Um, did you think that when we first met that we would be doing a podcast together? No. Are you kidding? Well, welcome to our <laughs> listeners. As you can tell, this is our first time doing this. We're, we're really excited. I mean, Sunny and I, we haven't actually reconnected um, except to do this podcast. Um in eight years since we graduated Duke University together, mm-hmm. um, which is pretty wild. And, and, and we're, we're doing it. We're doing the thing. We're, <laughs> we're making it happen. Um, and we're so glad that you've decided to join us. And I'm Jamie, by the way, didn't even introduce myself, but we are putting together this, this podcast for you all to dive into self-exploration and self-forgiveness and healing in a world that feels very um, harsh and finding our own power. There's a lot that's going to be in this podcast over the next several weeks and, and, and hopefully months if you guys will come along with the ride. Thank you for trusting and loving us enough to just put your faith in us and believing that we have something important to say. We wanted to take some time to introduce ourselves and share how we got to know each other, um, what we've been doing over the last, you know, several years to decade of our lives, and uh, talk about what we hope to accomplish out of this podcast and what we hope to to promise to you um, as our kind and generous listener. Um, we're all in this together, and and we're really excited to have you aboard. Yeah, yeah. So let's let's dive into who are we. A little bit about me. I was in politics in the nonprofit world for about five years out in Washington, D.C., was working in the Obama White House and on Capitol Hill as a communications director, um, but then decided to move to L.A. to pursue social impact in the entertainment industry. So using TV and film as a platform for social change, whether it's 
to lift underrepresented communities or to just tell meaningful stories that we don't get to see and and hear every day. Um, and Sunhei, is you want to tell share a little bit about where you are right now? Yeah, so I am currently living in Ann Arbor, Michigan. I grew up Zen Buddhist. Um, I am a 500-hour registered yoga teacher and meditation teacher. Right now, I am pursuing a PhD um, in English and women's studies, studying and researching Asian American women's sexuality. And actually, that goes back to how we met because we mm-hmm. met at the Women's Center working as social justice interns at the Duke Women's Center. What a wild, wild thing. Because that was 10 years ago. I know. Can I had a notification on my Facebook <laughs> that was like 10 years ago today. You were starting your first year at Duke. And, yeah. um, and I mean, Sunday's being really humble. She was like, I probably like the lead intern. I feel like she she had started as a freshman and I hadn't even known what the women's center was really when I was a first year. And so I think I started maybe a sophomore year, but she was like the legit feminist. She was a feminist <laughs> before, be, before it became cool. And let me say, feminism 10 years ago was not cool. Like we were really uncool. <laughs> I feel like oh we maybe helped to make it cool, but... <laughs> I'm telling you the way feminism is treated at Duke University now versus 10 years ago is so How do different. you know? How do you know feminism, how feminism is being treated at Duke now? Well, I, so it's funny she says that because um, one of my mentors was a mentor of both of ours, Sheila Broderick. Um, she was a counselor and advisor at the Women's Center, part of the faculty. And she um, and I have kept in touch over these many years And the last time I saw her, I think it was last year, I was in North Carolina and she was telling me how how there's been a very substantial shift on campus and that fraternities are like actively seeking out bystander intervention trainings. Like they're, they're shunning other people that don't do it. She gave me one example of this. And this woman came forward and said she was sexually assaulted by a member of the fraternity. Mm-hmm. The next day they like expelled him from the fraternity. They like immediately like went into like, let's, let's solve the problem. Let's make sure this doesn't happen again. Like, and they believed her and like, you know, 10 years ago, they've been like, she's a bitch like that, you know? So, you know, it's small shifts. I'm sure not everything is perfect. Um, but it was a hard time at Duke. I mean, I just, yeah, it was a really hard time to be a feminist activist Mm -hmm. on campus at Duke, for sure. Because I remember at that time, I was so angry. Yeah. I was so angry and upset all the time. Mm. Um, And it was kind of like, I thought my mission was literally to change those frat boys Mm, mm -hmm. yeah like that was like my mission to like transform Mm. like I wanted to create change and it felt like I was like shoving change down people's throats you know (laughs) like it was not good for my mental health that's for sure yeah when you're like putting you're putting this burden on yourself Mm -hmm. to change other people Yeah, I mean, actually, at the end of my Duke career, I came out of it with being disillusioned um, uh, from the social justice activist scene. Like, Mm -hmm. I was like, no one's going to change because you tell them to. 
logic only works to a degree. Um, actually, I would almost, you know, now be like, feelings are so much more powerful than logic. History is so much more powerful. Um, being like, well, actually being an embodiment of the change that I want to see is, is also more powerful. And, you know, luck would have it that I entered my most toxic relationship after I graduated from college. And I learned a lot from that. And was just like, wow, I was trying to change something external to me and running away from a lot of the issues that I was dealing with from within. Mm. This, the interesting thing is that Jamie's, um, how we got reconnected. One day I opened my email <laughs> and there's an email from Jamie asking me to participate in the social experiment. I had actually started this meditative practice um, led by Deepak Chopra, um, who is a meditation teacher and guru of sorts. Um, it was called the 21 Days of Abundance. And it was 21 days of consecutive meditation practice with journal prompts and tasks. I've been really exploring you know, self-love and forgiveness and, um, and purpose. And part of this community and journey was to bring other people into the fold. And so even though I hadn't talked to Sunny in like eight years. And she's having a hard time saying Sunny because uh, my real name is Sunny. <laughs> and I'm, <laughs> I'm like, well, you know, I like to go by Sunny now. Yeah. Um, so if I, if I start calling her Sunny, just know that I'm not like totally messing up. And I, and I love Sunny too. Yeah. Um, well, so and that's that's how much has changed, right? In eight years, yeah. she like now goes by a different name. So like I, but I, but she had made such an, an impact on me at our time at Duke. I got this practice, and I was like, you know what? This is this sounds like something she would be interested in. She is like cool and radical, and like and progressive, and just would get it. And and so I sent it to her, and and you know how she responded? She's like, Jamie, you won't believe this. Like I've been doing meditation for like my entire life. It's <laughs> like, wait, what? <laughs> so it was like a perfect little storm, you know? Yeah. And it was at a pivotal time in my life when I was ready to be more present as a um, meditation yoga teacher um, and be of service to my communities in that way. I had received that like three or four days after I lost my job um, in the quarantine along with millions and millions of other people and was feeling so defeated and so victimized by a world that I just felt like wasn't on my side. I was like, you know what, what the hell? Let's let's do this. I, I I need to I need to focus on something positive. And it brought me such joy and nourishment to rediscover my own self power and self worth outside of the material world outside mm -hmm. of um, expectations of other people outside of um, what society deems worthy um, and so I gladly did I was looking for positivity I was burned out from the politics of the world and in DC and I was kind of burned from the entertainment industry and I, I really lost my sense of value and and was searching for that and the answer really as as Sunny was talking about is like, they're within my grasp and they're within myself. And so I think 
it was just really a beautiful circumstance of how we came together and, and said, why don't we talk about our journeys and help others share this type of practice, you know? I believe that everyone has a sole purpose. Mm. I believe that the main purpose is for us to learn these soul lessons that make us better people, ultimately, mm. more compassionate, giving, loving people. Not never mind your career, how much money you make, or et cetera. And that everything you experience does have a purpose, does have mm-hmm. a meaning to it. It's coming to terms with your sense of self and feeling at home and at peace with who you are and the choices that that constitutes because who you are is also made up of the choices that you make and and the and the perspective that you bring to those choices, right? And, um, you know, my story is a little bit different in that it, it was very, almost practically speaking, I was kind of thrown into it and it wasn't like a life long journey for me. It was very, very recent. And so I think it's kind of great because we we balance each other out in the like, you know, more of the being newly awakened to someone who's been practicing her whole life. You know, it's funny. I feel, I, I do feel like a little bit of an imposter being like, oh, I'm like a spiritual person too, Sunhei. But, <laughs> but that's, that's the funny thing, right? It's like, I think too, a lot of people, and maybe you're the, for you who's listening, I think, oh, spirituality isn't for me or meditation or mindfulness isn't for me because it's like, I I don't know anything about it. And I was there too. And it can be a learning journey. And the way Chopra talks about the world in terms of law of attraction and manifestation, Mm. there's so many reasons for people to be doubtful, resistant to Mm -hmm. those ideas. Mm -hmm. And we can, you know, table that for another, another topic, but essentially the most resistance that I had to coming out as spiritual or being like spirituality is really important is actually that we've all been spiritual when we were children. Mm. Like the belief mm-hmm. that you could talk to plants, that you could talk to animals, <laughs> trees, your yeah. dolls, that you could talk to immaterial, like material, you know, like non-human beings that you had imaginary friends or that you were in total wonder at how this world existed Mm. and just asking those questions. I remember when I was a very, very young kid being like, why am I here? Mm -hmm. There's gotta be a purpose to all of this. Mm -hmm. And not being afraid to ask those questions because there's no judgment in asking those questions, right? You're, you're just literally full of so much curiosity about the world and about you. And I guess this is a good chance to talk about what our goals are for this podcast. Um, Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. (laughs) (laughs) Because, you know, our vision is really about um, creating that space for integration. Mm. Like we've been living our lives thinking that like our external realities and what we're doing in our careers and et cetera is totally separate from what is going on within us. And Mm -hmm. that has to do with our past, our histories and things like that. Yeah. Some of these goals for this podcast are we want to empower you and introduce you and newcomers or lifelong practitioners of spirituality and meditation. to come forward and find a community with us, um, to talk with us, learn with us. You know, we want to 
educate ourselves and educate our listeners about social systems that influence our our thinking, influence our identities, our habits. And, you know, we want to empower you to take control of your life. And, and especially at a time that feels very powerless, that feels like we are stuck. Yeah. And I think when I mentioned that child, it's really about how do we integrate that sense of wonder again mm-hmm. and be fearless in the sense that you don't have to know the answers right mm-hmm. now. Just because you don't know the answers or you don't feel equipped to answer, have answers, does not mean you shouldn't ask the questions. Mm. Like putting them out, just putting them out into the you world is, is already like, a first step. Exactly. Right. And like, there's no better time than to do it now when you feel like the systems and structures that you put your faith in are failing mm. you. Mm-hmm. And we're at a state where actually we need to ask those questions because those questions open our imaginations. Mm. And that is oh, the true power that. of spirituality. Imagination. Spirituality is yeah. really about well, how can you imagine a different world? And we lose that space mm. as we grow up and buy into these systems. And I think when you talk about goals here, I really want to share um, that sense of like, you can believe whatever the fuck you want, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but do you know what they are? And have you thought about them and how they serve you and others? And what collective beliefs do we want to have? And how do we get at those, you know? And again, being like, I, I never want to lose touch with practicality. And I do feel like what, what we're trying to offer is how do you use these spiritual things and think about them not as something you compartmentalize in your life, something that you just do in the morning and the evening um, through your own spiritual practice, whether that involves prayer, meditation, or et cetera, but actually using Um, mindfulness, spiritual thoughts and paradigms for navigating real things, very real things, like your relationship to your mom, um, overcoming or healing trauma, healing ancestral wounds. Like, let's talk about that. And like social justice, how would social justice look different? And how would activism look different if we took into account spirituality? part of our podcast too is not just introducing us to concepts, but breaking them down into easily manageable and understandable things that are accessible to you, to people who are new to this and um, want some practical tools. Sunhei and I, as you probably can imagine from our last names, and maybe you've seen some photos, but we're both, you know, we both identify as Asian American and have uh, a different perspective um, than, you know, the traditional white male heteronormative perspective that our society or even the idea that like woo-woo is like it's very people think about white right and white culture just in terms of oh my gosh the other day I was like can you imagine an Asian hippie yeah (laughs) actually you know have you seen Always Be My Maybe? That movie with oh yeah yeah yeah, 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 and there is this Asian hippie in it. Do you remember (laughs) she had dreadlocks? (laughs) And I was like, whoa, I've never seen exactly like thinking about like a woo woo Asian person. Like yeah, it's it's like how did how did that happen? Like actually, a lot of woo woo concepts 
um, draw on Eastern religion. Yeah. Oh, for sure. It's like Taoism. Absolutely. Yeah. Hinduism. Yeah. Yeah. So just like how did, how did race once again become such, so irrelevant to spirituality? Mm -hmm. And I think Mm -hmm. that's what I want to offer too is like, not only is this for people who are interested in exploring what spirituality means and how to apply it in their lives, but who are really concerned about these very real political things and how do you marry the two? Like how mm-hmm. do you marry spirituality with your desires to create a more just world? Like mm-hmm. how do you, how is there a cross section between those two things and politics and culture? And so for me it's really about like for those who want to explore spirituality but not lose the critical edge of like critical thinking, critical mm-hmm. thought. Um, and I think actually you bringing that up about critical thinking is interesting because I have really benefited from scrolling through some of these like therapists Instagrams and like artists Instagrams and seeing these like kind of bite-sized nuggets that are um, beautifully drawn or these like, you know, it's within the caption limit. And some of them have actually been very helpful and great journal prompts for me to dig deeper. But you know, I think, you know, we're living in such a curated world that it's it's hard to really dissect um, what that really means and how it can serve us. And so as we explore deeply and, you know, go further beyond the caption limit, the tweet size limit of, <laughs> of how people consume information, um, you know, we're hoping that we actually do get to like exercise our critical thinking skills a little bit more deeply. You know, Something else that Tishnathan says is that we don't just nourish ourselves through food. You know, like every thought we have, every feeling we have, everything we see, smell, touch, hear, all those things feed us. Mm-hmm. And our promise to this audience is to nourish you spiritually, emotionally, mentally, um, sensually you know, feel close to us um, in ways that help you feel good to get that feeling of safety, to get that feeling of peace and be like, we're in this together. You're not alone. Mm -hmm. Um, Especially if you're dealing with burnout, disillusionment about the world and the seeming impossibility of social change. I'm here to tell you that our faith in social change cannot be sustained if we cannot have faith in our own abilities to transform and be happy people. Mm. I love that. Along those lines, we further commit to you to enter this uncertain journey of rediscovering your sense of self and your purpose in the world. And certain kind of connotates this like something bad's going to happen when there's so much, especially when we're surrounded by so much uncertainty in this world. But really that uncertainty is more um, related to curiosity and to how excited we are. Also, it's about like creating the space to really imagine a different world as mm-hmm. we step into and the unknown mm-hmm. to really 
enter that state of curiosity, as you say, and really ignite our power of the imagination. Because I think that's what's missing in our lives, right? Mm -hmm. Like, that's so crucial um, to what meditation is actually really all about. Mm -hmm. Why sit in the silence? Why be still? Because until you can release all thoughts of what already exists, unless you can take a pause from that, you can't imagine anything otherwise. So well said, Sunhei. And I think that's just a perfect segue into what we hope to do every episode, which is our affirmation of the week. So in this section, we'll share a few mantras and affirmations for you to think about over the next couple of weeks. Um, And it's a great grounding exercise, an opportunity for you to find that stillness every day. I would like for you all to just place a hand on your heart and just close your eyes for a second and just really feel the words that I'm about to say and don't think about it. Just let it touch you. When I evolve, the world evolves with me. When I evolve, the world evolves with me. Feels so good to say that. It doesn't that just feel so empowering? It's like you are the main character and driver of that story. You are driving the narrative. When when you work on yourself, when you evolve, the world evolves with you. You come first. I love that. Um, so that's a. I think that's a perfect way to wrap up our intro episode. <laughs> I can't believe we did it. <laughs> Thank you for all of all those of you who have stayed with us to listen to the whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) And there's still so much more fun to come. Um, Oh, yeah. All right. Well, until next time, this is Jamie and Sunny signing off. Thank you for joining us on Are You There Universe, where we get to reimagine a new world together. We're so grateful to you, and we hope you can join us again next time to dive deeper into the intersections between social justice and spirituality. If you're curious about our other projects and extensions of this work, connect with us. We'd love to have you join our community on Instagram at areyouthere.universe. You can also find me, Sunny, at sunny underscore mystic, and find Jamie on her website, www.jamiewu.com.